What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Coming up on episode 251 of Wheel Bearings, we've got the Lincoln Navigator Black Label against the Cadillac Escalade V, the Kia Stinger, the Ford Bronco, a preview of the Polestar 3, the VW Amarok versus the Ford Ranger, the new Honda HRV, and more coming up next. Did you know you can support Wheel Bearings directly? Head to patreon.com slash wheelbearingsmedia and you can become a patron today. Your contributions will help fund the platforms and tools we use to bring the podcast to you. And exclusives and improvements are already on the way thanks to your generosity. So if you want to be part of an automotive podcast like no other, head to patreon.com slash wheelbearingsmedia. This is episode 251 of Wheel Bearings. I'm Sam Abuel Samet from Guidehouse Insights. I am Nicole Wakeland from the Fast Women Podcast. And I am Roberto Baldwin from Ars Technica. And this week, uh, because my colleagues are uh, ill prepared, I'm going to go first. <laughs> Just throw us directly under the wheels of the I'm bus, there, Sam. Prepared. Well, I'm you know, I, I wouldn't want you to get kind of like yeah. halfway under the wheels and then get mangled and be laying there suffering by the curb. Uh huh. You know, you know, you're going to do it. You might as well finish the job. You know right? what? I appreciate that. Thanks. You're welcome. I, like I said, I just don't want you to suffer. It's like right. pulling a knife out of my back. Like, I don't want you to do it slow. I just want to yank it really quick that you put in there. Oh, my God. <laughs> I do what I can. <laughs> um, speaking of which, <laughs> I spent a week driving the 2022 Lincoln Navigator Black Label with the Central Park package. Um, and um, first thing I will say is if you're going to get a Navigator with the Central Park package, get it in the, the that lovely dark green that they have. Not oh, I love white. it. I mean, the, the, you know, the white's nice, but <gasps> you know, go for the green. You know. It's so pretty. I love it that is. color. I was wondering which one you got. That's gorgeous. And well... Well, unfortunately, I got the white. Um, oh, no. Yeah. Well, then sucks to be you. And I don't feel bad because you threw me under a bus five minutes ago. So. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, but uh, no, I, I absolutely recommend you go for the green. It, it's a fantastic looking color, especially in the sunlight. Looks looks great. Um, but, uh, you know, I mean, the, the Navigator, um, 
got a mild refresh for the 2022 model year. Uh, we drove it uh, for a day back in, was it February, March, March, I think, uh, out in Arizona. Uh, and so I had it for, for a week this time for uh, a full review. And it's hasn't fundamentally changed since 2018 when the current generation debuted. Uh, the, the new one, you know, got some mild tweaks to the fascia uh, and to the taillights. Um, headlights are slightly reshaped. Um, and then in the interior, the, the main change is they went from a 10-inch center touchscreen to the same 13-inch uh, screen that they have that they put in the Nautilus last year. Uh, so you've got a little more screen real estate, and it's uh, Sync 4 now. I think it was Sync 3 before. Um, so all that, all that's good. Um, you know, the rest of it is basically what we've had for several years, which is actually fundamentally really good. Uh, it's a, it's a solid platform. Uh, it's always had, uh, you know, good, uh, good ride quality, uh, you know, for, you know, a 6,000 plus pound full size three row luxury SUV. Uh, you know, it, it's, doesn't handle too bad you know it doesn't feel flabby or anything it doesn't doesn't roll around too much um everything's well controlled not not quite as well controlled as an escalade with um the the magna the optional magna ride suspension and and the spring air springs because um, you don't get air springs on this but you do get um adaptive dampers uh so it does does a good job of keeping everything under control um, the seats, uh, as we've talked about, I think on some previous occasions with various Lincolns, including the Navigator, um, you know, are these 30-way multi-adjustable seats <laughs> that um, if you can't get comfortable in these, you are either somewhat misshapen um, or just <laughs> impatient um, because there's a lot of things you can adjust. Um, one of my favorite aspects of the seats in this car, though, are is the uh, the massaging capability, um, and especially the full recovery mode. I'm very fond of that. Anytime I have an extended drive, uh, it does a nice job of keeping everything you know from getting too uh, too tightened up in the back. Um, it's got let's see, we've got Venetian leather seating uh, as part of the 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 Central Park package on this. The wood trim inside is an open pour walnut veneer that's been laser etched with basically a map of Central Park, uh, hence, okay. you know, hence, hence the name. I have to make a comment about the map of Central Park. I know it's a map of Central Park, but you know what I saw when I looked at it? Like a footprint from a sneaker. Yes, it does kind of look like, like that. It looks like your sneaker print you would leave behind. Yeah. And as soon as I saw that, they're like, no, it's Central Park. I'm like, sneaker. Yeah, once you see it, you can't unsee now it. Now it's a sneaker forever. Yep. <laughs> Sorry. Um, all of the uh, navigators now are equipped with the two point or the three point five liter uh, twin turbo. Don't call it an EcoBoost V six uh, with a ten speed <laughs> automatic. Because uh, Lincoln stopped using the EcoBoost branding a few years back, and it's just a twin turbo V six now. Um, EcoBoost is for Fords, you know, for those more pedestrian Ford vehicles. Yeah, uh, yeah it sounds like, like oh, EcoBoost. I don't want yeah. that on my luxury SUV. In the uh, in the Lincoln, uh, it, it it's tuned to 440 horsepower, 510 foot pounds of torque, and I'm kind of surprised that when they did this refresh, that they didn't bother adding the hybrid option uh, in here to, to mm. give it even more power. Um, no no hybrid availability in this one. 
uh, and I think, let's see, uh, oh, the Nautilus doesn't have a hybrid uh, either. So just the, uh, just the um, uh, Corsair and the Aviator have the plug-in hybrids. Um, you know, it's, it's a lovely vehicle to drive around in. One of the additions uh, that they've added recently with the, uh, the Sync 4 is um, Amazon Fire TV capability for the rear, screen, rear seat entertainment system um, and also um, built-in Alexa voice services. <clears throat> so now you have the option. You can either say, uh, hey, Lincoln, uh, and ask it to do something like turn up the temperature or um, you know, tune the radio. Or you can say, Alexa, please do the same things. Or if you happen to be using Apple CarPlay, you can do Hey Siri, uh, or if you're using Android Auto, you can say, "Hey Google." So you have your your choice of, of voice assistants, whichever one you prefer, um, and um, they they all work reasonably well. Um, for those sitting in the back seat, um, with the there's a pair of 10 inch screens there. So, you know, Lincoln hasn't quite gone whole hog like Jeep has with the Wagoneer, whether with the Grand Wagoneer. With I think there's uh, up to eight screens in the Grand Wagoneer. Um, there's only only four screens uh, in this one uh, for the cluster, the center, the front center, and then the two rear seat screens. Uh, but you get the full Amazon Fire TV experience. Uh, so if you have if you're uh, subscribed to things like Netflix or um, uh, HBO or other streaming services through the Amazon through your Amazon account, you can watch all of those in there because there's a, an LTE radio built in so you can stream directly to those uh, rear seat positions um, and there's uh, wireless headphones included um, uh, new also new for the 2022 models is massaging in the rear seats uh, so not only the front passengers but also the second row passengers can why get why uh, even massage. bother to drive this you buy it you make someone else drive it and then you just sit in the back well the, the, the second the second row massaging seats are not quite as sophisticated as the front row so oh, no. it's not as that's not also... quite as good a massage as you're going to get in the front row seats <laughs> wah, wah. Wah, wah. well that's yeah. what they get for sitting in the back being lazy yeah exactly <laughs> Uh, so the the navigator uh, starts at the standard trim starts at seventy seven six thirty five, um, and plus a six, uh, sixteen hundred and ninety five dollar destination fee. So that gets you to uh, seventy eight, a little over seventy nine grand um, for the base version. the The one I drove um, was, as I said, the black label plus the uh, the um, uh, the Central Park package, uh, which brought the grand total to $108,340. Um, this also includes um, the Lincoln Active Glide, which is Lincoln's branding for Blue Cruise, uh, which is their hands-free driving system. Because it also needed to sound like something different than what uh, absolutely. Ford was using. <laughs> yes, yeah, because, you know, it's not the same thing. It's a Lincoln. Totally um, different. But, uh, you know... As we've talked about before, it works reasonably well. It's not as good as Super Cruise. It doesn't do lane changes. Um, it doesn't slow down as you're approaching curves if it, you know, if your speed is maybe a little bit too fast for the curve. Uh, and it will prompt you in the instrument cluster to put your hands back on the wheel. Uh, and if you don't happen to notice that, then it will just kind of drift out of the, out of the lane, uh, unlike what it's supposed to do if you don't put your hands back on the wheel. Um, so it's, it's not, 
It's not as good as, as what GM offers, uh, but it's not bad. Um, it has actually gotten a little better than what we drove previously. They, there has been a software update to it. So um, when even when you're driving in scenarios uh, where uh, it's not hands-free capable, like you know when you're not on divided highways, um, it doesn't give you as many false activations to warning you to put your hands on the wheel, even when your hands are on the wheel. Um, so that's a good thing. Um, and unlike the, uh, the GM uh, system, um, it does actually use the driver monitor system, even when you're just using the co-pilot hands-on uh, capabilities. So uh, it will, you know, it'll be watching to make sure you're watching the road. And if you're not watching the road, it will give you an alert and say, hey, put your eyes back on the road. You know, don't, don't look down at your phone or don't spend too much time looking at that lovely 13-inch center touchscreen. Um, <laughs> the, the other main complaint um, I have about this, uh, especially as we were just discussing just before we started uh, recording, um, here in Michigan, gas topped $5, $5 oh. a gallon a few uh, weeks ago. Um, it's over 7 in, in California, and I think your gas just topped 5 bucks a gallon in, in New Hampshire. <laughs> it did. Uh, it's bowl. over 7 if you're if you're in certain areas if you're getting premium. So it's still like in the mid to high sixes for most. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. so that's not so bad. So yeah, if, but I end up having, you know, I have the BRZ and the, yeah. So I put, I'm putting premium in everything. Yeah. But so, I don't really drive those cars anymore, so it doesn't really matter. <laughs> so uh, this one, this uh, Navigator got uh, about um, 18.2 miles per gallon um, during my week of driving, which uh, is not great um, not, when gas yeah. is pricey. You know what? It's the mas- all the massage seats. That's true. <laughs> Yeah, all that stuff adds the a lot weight, of weight. Yeah. All those seats. If you just got rid all of the, the massage seats. All the weight and the power. If you, uh, yeah, you get 40 miles a gallon if you, if you get rid of the massage seats. That's all <laughs> On the plus side, it does do better than the, the Grand Wagoneer does, you know, which was about 15 miles per gallon. So, you know, it's, there's that. Um, but the Grand Wagoneer also has all the off-roady stuff. It does. Uh, it, it is much more off-road capable also than the weight. Lincoln is. Mm-hmm. Just, yeah. You know, in defense it, it, of it that. It has weight. It all, has all, the weight. All of these big SUVs have, have weight, to, weight to spare. They have lots of weight. <laughs> I experienced that myself with a car I'll talk about later. So. Okay. So uh, that's the 2022 Lincoln Navigator Black Label Central Park Edition. Mm-hmm. Um, who wants to go next? Uh, me, Nicole, me, me. I'll ready? go. Oh, I'm oh, more ready than oh, Robbie. Wow. No, I'm ready. <laughs> no, I'm ready. I'm going next. Move. Okay. <laughs> so I had um, today was this was a very uh, Bronco-y week. I have one that I can't talk about with you guys yet. I drove the um, the Bronco Raptor out in the desert, but I can't say anything about it for another week. So yeah, that was that a Raptor or was that like a kitty? I don't know what a Raptor sounds like. I don't think anyone really does. We can, we can say it's like wide it and has big tires on it, really big tires. <clears throat> yes, we've seen pictures. You've yeah. seen pictures. So, so I, I've seen I, it in uh, person. Yeah. See, I, I know. We I think a bunch. Have you seen it in person, Robbie? I've seen it in person before no, this event anyway, I too. I, wait. I don't know wait. if they've had it. Did they have no, it in Chicago? No. No. They did have it in no. Chicago. I thought no. they had it in Chicago, and they had it in New York too. So it's it's like ten though. inches wider than a standard Bronco. Yeah. yeah. So it's so I will talk about what it was like driving that in the dirt next week because if I talk about it now, Ford sends its goons to come get me. But what I can talk about <laughs> is the car that is in my driveway right now, which ironically enough is a Ford Bronco. But this <gasps> is completely different. It's funny because after driving that, it's a pseudo Bronco. This, it's a pseudo Bronco. I have the Bronco two door first edition. 
the first edition. Oh, okay. So it is a real Bronco. It's I thought a real you had Bronco. The sport. No, no, not the Sport. Oh, I have, oh, I have oh, a okay. real Bronco. Did I say Sport earlier? You I did may say have sport. when I was talking to you. Nope. It's oh, it's actual okay. Bronco. Okay. I have the actual Bronco, but it's a 2021 two door first edition. First edition is gone. So if you wanted that too bad, you can buy it online, <laughs> uh, like used from somebody. Yeah. But so I have this one. It's um, the first time I've driven the two door Bronco for more than just like a brief time on my own. And I had my daughter with me last night, who's. 18, so not little girl, like like adult size. Her getting in and out of the back of that thing, Lord, people don't buy a two-door if you find plan on putting any adults back there. It is not easy to access that <laughs> second row. I watched her very ungracefully <laughs> crawl out of it and thought to myself, she's 18. If she is like... Uh, she's have, having problems. Exactly. The rest of us are, are doomed. Exactly. <laughs> what chance does anybody else have? So it's really that, that second row, if you get the two-door, better be like a... Every now and then in emergency or the dogs hopping back there. I think the dog probably would have plenty of room. Uh, so See, it's for Robbie. is what It's, you're it's the Robbie car. Yeah. It's the Robbie version. It's the Ford Bronco Robbie. Um, so <laughs> I like that. Yeah. Ford That's Bronco coming, Robbie. coming for 2023 model coming year. Coming for 2023 model year. It's uh, just so a manual transmission, two doors. And everything else, just leave me alone. I just want to drive. Yeah, there's yeah, there's seats. They you have to crank them up. It takes 20 minutes to adjust your seat. Nothing exactly. but the Sasquatch click, package, click, click, so you click, can click, go click. off road. Yeah, the click, 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 and it moves like a quarter an inch, a quarter inch with each click. You have to click it yep. 50 times. Um, okay, so first edition Bronco. So I love the color of this. By the way, it's called lightning blue metallic. Is and I'm now really curious if that's the same lightning blue that's on the lightning. Like, because it looks very uh, similar. Oh. That's striking. And I'm like, they called it lightning blue metallic. Now, granted, this is pre-lightning so i don't know but it's it's really beautiful and it has inside it has the their leather trim but they're like a vinyl gray and navy seat so the idea being that you can take your top off and it can get messy and dirty and you can clean it off without having to worry about it or robbie's dogs can run across it and everything could be fine Woo! um it has a 2.7 liter v6 315 horsepower 410 pound feet of torque this has the sasquatch package which adds 35 inch tires uh, gives it a bit of a lift, um, gives you uh, front and rear locking differentials. So it takes what's already a pretty off-roady car and makes it even more so. Um, I mean, if you want to off-road, you can, I mean, there. I think everyone's pretty pretty sold on this. You can off-road in the Bronco if you want to off-road in the Bronco. If you want to do some crazy stuff, you can. I like, the thing that I've always liked is, and is this trail turn assist, which I know I've talked about before, but it's so neat because it's, it's a kind of thing that a very, very small percentage of off-roaders at, will ever need to use. But instead of turning the wheel and like just you know driving forward into the right, it kind of pivots you. It's almost like you're pivoting in place, like you're on a pin. So if you're in a really tight spot, I kind of feel like it's the, oh, I screwed up. How do I get out of here function? That will <laughs> let you pivot to get out. So I like the trail turn assist. And there's like a trail one pedal drive. So think of it like one pedal driving in, you know, in an EV, you don't have to hit the gas. You don't have to do the brake. It mod modulates. Well, the one pedal drive lets you just work with one pedal instead of both. So you can modulate things a little bit easier. Focus on steering and not, you know, hitting a rock or scraping the side of your car if you're in a narrow spot instead of having to focus on keeping your speed quite so much, which is kind of nice. Um, it has the goes over any type of terrain, the goat mode that is, you know, standard thing in the Bronco. So it, it's a, it, it's the Bronco that does all the bronco things, but now there's Bronco-er Broncos with the Raptor <laughs> and with the Everglades. Um, so they've they've come out with some sort of special editions. I, I like the Bronco. My my biggest my only real complaints about it. I mean, if you're an off-roader, you know what you're getting into. You're not getting a Mercedes sedan. 
you're getting an off-road vehicle that feels like one. It handles pretty well when you're not off-road, when you're driving on the highways. But what I do find, and I find this that it's intrusive, and it was funny, both my husband and daughter found the same thing. It is loud inside of that. It is really, really loud. And do you have the this, soft top? We had a hard top. Oh. We have a hard top. Uh, and this comes from, we, we drive a, a um, Wrangler with that Sky One Touch. So it has the like sort of retracting soft top. So we have a vehicle that has a part, you know, mostly soft top on it. It's louder than that. Um, and it's a hard top. And there's a noticeable difference. Like you, you get onto the highway and you, you know, hit 55, not even, and you're raising your voice. You're turning up the radio. You literally. What? Yeah, it's what? literally enough that like whoever's in the back seat is constantly saying what because they can't hear what the people in the front seat are saying to each other. Uh, so oh, it's that road noise too. You have the Sasquatch package. So I have the Sasquatch like, package. The tires are like. Yeah, there's yeah, just but- so much noise. So it's it is. It's not quiet, but like I complain about it at the same time as I see it, but you're not buying this if you want a particularly quiet car. Yeah. No. Like there are other vehicles out there that will do that. But if you just want a vehicle that's a really off-road beast and can do whatever you want it to do, that you can pretty much go anywhere that you want to go off-road, then the Bronco fits the bill. And this is, this one was, oh, I found the price. I had to go back and look because it wasn't on my sheet and now I've lost it. I've lost it. I don't know, you guys. It's whatever I pay, whatever you it pay. It doesn't matter because you can't get it anymore. It doesn't matter because you can't matter. get it anymore. You, Markets you are like oh, 30 it to 40,000. It was 57, just over 57. So that's what this was. So you could probably find the first edition out there somewhere used. I bet you'd pay more. You think you'd pay oh, more? Yeah. You'd probably pay you'd at pay least 75. 70, yeah. 75, yeah. I'm going to Google that while we're talking. I'm going to see used for, I'm going to see if I yeah. can find out because now I'm curious. And, and and while you were describing it, I, I looked up the colors, and the lightning blue is different from the two shades of blue they offer on the lightning, which are – one is the atlas blue. That's the lighter one that they have on the, the okay. lightning. And then the, the dark blue that they have is the antimatter blue. Oh, that's the one I like. I like the antimatter. Is that yeah, that one's, that one's a lot darker than the lightning blue. Well, maybe it's that. Uh, huh. So, well, so you know, yeah. if you're if you're buying a car where the doors come off, uh, you're probably not thinking too much about road noise. That's right. true. <laughs> exactly. So, like, as I complain about it, or at least some... you shouldn't be. You, you should be like, this is definitely not a priority. It's like for the guy. I think the only person that's going to matter for you know, there there are a fair number of people. I know some of them that buy a car just because it's a cool car. Like everyone's buying this now. I'm buying one. I want to buy one. It's like, do you off road? No, dude. But uh... I'm going to buy one. The most off roading you've ever done is like a field at the state fair. But you're going to buy a Bronco, really? That's your plan? Well, you and can get the st- – well, there, There's a word for okay. that, but we're not going to use it here. Uh, <laughs> uh, okay. So while you're looking up what the current resale values of first yeah. launch edition Broncos are, <laughs> mm-hmm. Robbie, what have you had? So, okay. So I, I, I wasn't going to talk about this, but then I was like, well, I guess I should say something. I am the last uh, automotive journalist to drive the Kia Stinger. The last one on the planet. That's oh wow! They had one and they had one in the Wait, fleet. Wait, you've really never driven one I've until just now. I've never driven the Kia. How Stinger. is I, that possible? I just, it was just one of those things where it just didn't like when it came out where I worked. It wasn't something they wanted to cover, so that okay. was that. And then I went over the car and driver, and at that point, and then COVID happened, and so there was no point in driving it then because car and driver had already done everything they needed to do. It was COVID. You know, there were months and months and months before we got a car. And so it was just like this sort of perfect storm where it's just this vehicle I just haven't driven. 
Um, and so I got it uh, the other day. The problem is, is that the, <laughs> the only place I've really driven it to is to the airport and back <laughs> at 3 in the morning and at 11 o'clock at night. So how did that really long drive experience go for you? <laughs> it's, yeah, yeah, well, well, just getting in, you're like, oh, this is really nice. So I, I so far, I really like it. I really like the, the seating position. Um, it's I got the rear-wheel drive version, so I like the way it feels. Um, it has this, uh, wait, uh, yeah. I have to interrupt you. I found the 2021 Ford Bronco uh, first edition two-door on one site for $85,000. That sounds right. It's looking as if this kid, 60 to 75 is about the average. But someone's trying to get 80. It only has 495 miles on it. And, and shockingly, there is not a single one listed on Bring a Trailer. Wow. <sighs> 85 yeah, yeah. okay sorry robbie i was just so dumbstruck by the 85 no you should you should i i've, I've been to a dealership where they told me that they were up uh they were adding forty thousand dollars to each bronco that came into stock forty thousand dollars good gravy okay continue yeah. on with your your anyway, very long uh, stinger drive experience so yeah so i drove the kia stinger i i so far i like it um i'm you know and i think there's the the, now the running joke about the Stinger is a great car that everyone loves that is going to be discontinued in the near future. So I looked up the sales figures of the Kia Stinger. I was going to ask that. Do they sell? Is that is it really because it just sells like a stinker? So um, in Pretty 2018, much. they sold uh, 16800 which is – it's a niche vehicle. It's it's not uh, – 2019, they, they went down to 13800 uh, 2020, which is sort of weirdness, so that's hard to, you know, 12,500. Yeah. And then 2021, which is still sort of weird, 13,500. So in a year where it's hard to actually build them, people started buying them again at 2019 <laughs> uh, levels. But, I mean, when you compare it to, say, uh, well, not the Hyundai Sonata, which is like, you know, in 2018, they sold 105. In 2019, they sold 87,000. And 2021, they said 83,000, so that's, yeah. But let's say the Mazda 6, um, 2021, they sold 18,000 of those. Mm-hmm. And the TLX, um, 2021, 26,000. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. I, I really like it so far. I know everyone else really loves the Stinger. Um, I, I wish I had a manual transmission, but that's my, I wish everything had a manual transmission. <laughs> Uh, but it's yeah, it's it feels like a really really nice car just in my very short time behind the wheel, and you can't. And I, I, I'm gonna say this again: you can't say, well, there's no more sedans in the world, or there's no more this, or there's no more that, and then not buy those vehicles. Yeah. You can't say, well, I really want this type of car, and then when that type of car is available, you go out and buy a CRV. That's the thing. Everybody does. They're like, you know, but I don't know why everyone's getting rid of sedans. Everyone buys sedans. Do you have one? No, I have a truck and I have an SUV. Well, if you really want sedans, buy them. Clearly, the fact that you're just like, we should have them is not enough to make them stick around. You know? Yeah, like, I want more manual transmissions. Do you own any cars with manual transmissions? Well, no. No, I don't. Well, then, shush. I do. Look at Sam. I do. I can talk all you can talk all you want about it, Sam. Yeah. You're the only Uh, one justified. No, I have a manual transmission. I don't anymore. I did. Oh, no. You're dead to us. I know. I know. I'm sorry. Well, it was nice having you on the show, Nicole. Thank you. Bye, guys. Thank you for joining us. everyone. Yeah. So, uh, well, but, but having driven this for just a short amount of time, 
I am looking forward to seeing what Hyundai and Kia do with their upcoming um, EV sedan. Because mm-hmm. the EV sedan, if it drives like the Stinger, right? That's a that's a game changer because it's it, that means it essentially drives like an i4, except it's going to be less expensive. And we we should be seeing the uh, Hyundai Ionic Six sometime this fall, I think. Yeah, so get ready for Halloween extra fun time. But it know. won't be at the Detroit Auto Show in September. Okay, so it's Halloween or yeah. what's after Detroit? Oh, L.A. Yeah, is in November. L- so LA is where we'll probably see it. Yeah, we'll see it. Yeah. And so let's get, get ready for some Hyundai, Thanksgiving. Hyundai will not be participating in the 2022 Detroit Auto Show. It's expensive show. That's what I've heard yeah. from automakers. Like, oh, they, they the all most are. expensive. Sh- they, they've told me it's New, the most New York is actually show. the most expensive. But really? Yeah. Oh, they t- someone told me New, uh, Detroit. I feel like I've been lied to. Anyway, Kia Stinger. I'll I'll tell you more <laughs> about it later. Um, I'll also have the. Yeah. Cherokee 4xE to talk about next week, probably. Yeah. 4xE. 4xE. All right. Um, so, uh, speaking of, uh, well, actually, we weren't speaking of EVs. Um, and we were... <laughs> speaking of EVs. <laughs> yes, Sam. No, no, I said EV. I said EV. He did. Okay. Somewhere yeah. in there he said Stinger, it. Stinger EV is going to be Oh, that's built. right. Yes. So, there's another EV that's uh, a new EV that's coming out this fall, one of one of many, um, which is uh, the Polestar 3. And uh, we finally got a, an initial image from Polestar this week. Um, and uh, unlike the Polestar 2, this one is uh, sort of an SUV, um, or more sort of an SUV than the Polestar 2 is. Um, have, have, you, have you two had a chance to look at this thing yet? Yeah, I want to see the front because it has that that little uh, airway, those vents coming off the the uh, hood from the front. So I really want to see the front of this car. Do we just like, have that one profile image? That's is it. That it? That's all. That's yeah. all they're showing us. Well, so it's kind it. of a sleek wagonish, you know, tall wagonish uh, type of vehicle. <sighs> oh, but cool, I see what you're talking like about. The vent. Thi- what is that on the hood? I, I don't vent. know. It's that for is. Air. Just to create an air curtain, or <laughs> it, it might be, you know, like to to control the airflow over the the front, the top of the car, uh, you know, as it flows over the the windshield and the the roof. Um, it's hmm. it's kind of peculiar. Hmm. Yeah, I want to see the front of this car. Yeah, it's like a little front wing. Like you look at it, it almost yeah. looks like like it should be on the back, but it's on the front. It's very low. Yeah, I mean that can't be more than a couple of inches, if that. And they, they, they recreate, so they have Thor's hammer and the lights, which, you know, Volvo. But they also sort of recreate it in that little vent right below it. I want to see the front. I mean, the side looks cool and fine. Yeah, you know what? It looks like there's a lot going on in the front of that car. I'm really Show curious. Show me the front. Show me, me the front. The front. Oh. Um, I, guess we'll, I guess they'll show it to us later. Eventually. Not today. Yeah. I think our no, changing's going to change that, I think uh, Octo- October is when we'll see the, the full reveal uh, of this car. And um, so this this will be the third uh, model from Polestar, and this is sharing its platform with the replacement for the XC90, which is also going to be all electric. Um, and uh, they're saying <clears throat> they're projecting that the Polestar 3 is going to have a range of 372 miles on the WLTP test, which is what they use in Europe now. So it'll probably be somewhere around about 300 miles uh, on the EPA range. On um, a big car, on a big luxury car. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, which is kind of like where everyone's going with the big luxuries. But 
it's a it's a trick. This is a trick. This is a visual trick because it's the same thing we had with the Ionic Five, where we're like, oh, look at this tiny little uh, hatchback, and you got it like, oh wait, no, this is like Not the size tiny. of a, this yeah. is almost the size of a CRV. This yeah. is the size of an XC90, people. So when you look at it, and the wheels are pushed out so far that it looks like it it looks like it's the size of a Rav Four. It's not. <laughs> yeah, not. I mean, nothing wrong with those kinds of visual tricks that make it look smaller. Yeah, um, yeah and and what what's interesting, yeah, you know, this clearly has a, a much lower uh, roof profile than the current generation XC90. The current XC90 is a fairly tall vehicle, and the um, the Volvo Recharge concept that they revealed last year, which is a preview of of the Volvo branded car, yeah, you know, has a similarly low roof line uh, to it. And it's hard to tell from, from this image whether this is going to be a three-row or not. It, it kind of looks like it's not. Like it, it might only be a two-row, at least for it doesn't, the... That image doesn't make, look, make it look like it's big enough for three. Yeah. I, I, it, I, looks I, too, it looks too short, too, like you would be squished. Uh, yeah. It would, I mean, I guess you could, I mean, you could fake one back there. Who has a really bad third row? Uh, who who doesn't? I was say, who, the, an easier <laughs> question is, who has a good third the Kia row? Sorrento. Oh, the the Navigator has a great third row. Oh yeah, the Navigator's a bust though. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, and, and and kind of more mid-size, you know, mid to upper upper middle size vehicles. Yeah, none of them have a really great third row, and even even the current XC90 is not an exceptionally large third row. So so anyway, this is coming this fall. Uh, well, it'll, we probably won't get it in. Pro, uh, pro, oh, yeah, production is beginning. Uh, expected to begin in early 2023, so we'll see it in October, uh, but it won't be available until early next year. So that is the Polestar Three. Um, not an EV is the VW Amarok, uh, which VW released some images of this week, um, and uh, back in 2019. Um, or it might have even been 2018. Ford and VW did a deal to, uh, you know, a, 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 pr- a product sharing deal where um, v, uh, VW would get some commercial vehicles and trucks based on Ford platforms. And then uh, Ford would get to use the MEB electric platform from Volkswagen for some EVs in the European market. And the first of these vehicles on the VW side is the Amarok. Uh, VW's had uh, a midsize pickup available since, uh, what, about 2013 or 14, I think. Um, but outside of North America, they've never sold it here. And it doesn't sound like they're going to sell this one here. Uh, but this is based on the new generation Ford Ranger, um, which is all- launching here. It's going to be on sale here early, also early 2023. Um, and looks quite a bit, you know, the Amarok is styled quite a bit differently from the Ranger. Um, what do you, what do you guys think about this? Okay. One? Is this image with all the rhinoceroses <laughs> actually an official image, the rhinoceros image? Um, it's like got this mock-up, like it's on safari and like the guy has a rhinoceros on his shirt. Yes, I believe and it is. Yeah. I, I, then I will, if they're going to show this, there had best be an Amarok rhinoceros edition, or I'm going to be really <laughs> sad. I want to be able to get a little rhino on my door. I want that one. I want that well, one. Well, they do in sell New the Hampshire. Amarok in Africa. Well, I want this. So you'll one have here. you'll have to go to Africa yeah. to get one. Dang it! <laughs> as long as she gets the, the rhino, that's all she cares about. That's all. Do you guys see what I'm talking about? The guy yeah. has like yeah, he's yeah. got his and there's a rhino off in the distance. 
Yeah. Like, and hey, the, what are you guys doing? This is my like, place. He's like, yo, what's up? I live here, but boys, get out the way. No, I. Whose house? I, I my house. But it looks, it looks actually, it looks really good. I wish it would go on sale here because I think it's the little truck thing has, I mean, that is, it's sort of hot right now. The little truck thing. Well, this isn't so little though. I mean, this, this a is a midsize. This is, yeah, you know, this but, is a Ranger. It's a, well, but I mean, it's not an F-150. That's true. That's it is, it is more say reasonable little, size than an I, F-150. When I say little, I mean not F-150. I should clarify. Yeah. Like not, you know, it's the a, F-150. The ra- yeah, it's not like a it's big. It's a ridgeline. It's ridgeline. It's, yes. it's more like you can park it in the grocery store parking lot without having to just pick the spot at the end of the road because it's the only one you know you can fit in. Like, I like this. This size yeah. truck is is cool. Yeah, right. no, it, it, it's a good size. I mean, one of my neighbors uh, recently uh, traded in his, got got rid of his 2014 F-150 and got a Ranger. Uh, Did he really? To it. Yeah. What made it? And he downsized and he was happy? Yeah, he's, he's happy with it. He's probably tired of trying to find parking and just being like, uh. It is hard to find parking in big trucks. It Maybe is. just because I only, because I don't drive it like every day of the week. I have one for a week and then they put me in, you know, a Honda Civic and like I have no sense of, of the well, size of things. They're, they're so much wider than most other vehicles for one thing, you know, mm-hmm. so you have to find, basically you have to find a parking space where there's nobody on either side. Yes. And you <clears throat> end up filling up most of the space between the lines. Mm-hmm. So if, if somebody pulls in beside you, you know, then you can't get the doors open. So yes. It's a pain in the neck. It's a challenge. It is. So. so hopefully, uh, yeah, hopefully we can convince Volkswagen to uh, sell the Amarok Rhino edition uh, here in North the America. The Amarok Rhino edition. I'll buy it. Amarok You'll Rhino. sell one. You'll sell at least one. I want the Rhino, though. Decal and and proceeds from that can go to save save the Rhinos. Save right. The it could be all like you've done a little PSA by building this car. Do this, Volkswagen. Yeah. Contri- contribute we'll, some money we'll to. save the Rhinos together. Contribute some money to the poacher, poaching hunters. Mm-hmm. <laughs> The poaching, the poacher hunters. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Because poaching hunters just sound like you're going out poaching. <laughs> it's the poacher hunters. That's yes, the people you want. Poacher hunters. Yes. That's what I meant to say. Okay. We are not. Uh, uh, the Wheels Bearing Podcast does not. <laughs> does not endorse poaching anything. <laughs> no. Does not endorse poaching of any and, any and all creatures. <laughs> all right. Also new this week, uh, we finally get to see the U.S. market version of the new Honda HRV, which is a completely different vehicle from the HRV that was revealed uh, either late last year or earlier this year in Europe and other parts of the world, um, which that HRV, like the first generation HRV, is based on the Honda Fit or Jazz, depending on where you are. Um, the HRV that we're getting is uh, like the original CRV 20 plus years ago is based on the Civic, uh, which is makes it significantly larger uh, than the old HRV. Um, it is now something like nine inches longer than the previous gen HRV that is that is going away. Um, and it's one of the things that they talk about in the uh, in the press release is that you know it's getting a more responsive two liter four cylinder engine. So it's base, it's the base engine from the civic, um, which has all of 148 horsepower, I think, or maybe not even that much, uh, or sorry, 158 horsepower. So it's better, a little better than I thought, but not much. Um, as opposed to the 141 that was in the 1.8 liter in the old CRV. But you know, the, the problem I always had with the old CRV, as much as I kind of like the packaging and the size of it, um, uh, 
that 1.8, you know, the, the CRV was, or the HRV was quite a bit heavier, like several hundred pounds heavier than a fit. And it always felt a little sluggish. And since this thing is nine inches longer, but Honda has notably not discussed how much this thing weighs. Um, I'm guessing that this is going to be significantly heavier than a Civic because, you know, it's all-wheel drive and taller and bigger. Uh, so it's, you know, this is probably going to be, you know, 30, the old one was 3,140 pounds for the all-wheel drive. This is probably going to be upwards of 3,300 pounds. So I'm not sure there's actually going to be any performance improvement from this <laughs> one. What, what do you think about the design of this new HRV? At the front. <laughs> okay, I feel like I can't say anything about this. I'm going to be totally honest because I'm going on this drive program for this on Tuesday, and I had just read the – all the embargoed stuff they sent us. Oh, so you can't and say I'm, nothing. I'm afraid I'm going to say something that I read right. embargoed okay. not just released. So I'm going to sit here quietly. Robbie. What? Okay. Um, bring back the jazz. Yeah. <laughs> bring oh. back the fit. That's my, that's my, that's my, my, my big takeaway. Uh, I don't know. It's the front is, I don't know if I like the front or don't like the front. It's, 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 I don't hate it, but I don't love, I don't know. I feel like this is something I have to see in, in real life, um, the front of this car, because it, it looks like they just took off, they took the front off like a Taurus from the nineties and just slapped it onto a Honda. I don't know. I, I, (laughs) that's not, it's not, not a bad way of, of putting it. Yeah, you know, I, Honda's I, got this weird thing with with design. You know, they they seem to oscillate back and forth between doing dull and interesting, dull yeah. and interesting. You know, the two generations ago, the Civic was dull. Then oh, the God. last generation, they made it interesting. The new one is more dull again. Dull, yeah. yeah, and now they've done the same thing going with the HRV and the. I don't want to like. I don't want to dis. I don't want Honda to be like, oh, people don't like it, so we're going to go back to dull. Because I would rather have this than dull, at least something that looks different. There we go. I'm going to say it's better than the last HRV look looks wise, just because it doesn't look like it disappears. And that's the whole thing with the HRV is just sort of disappears. It's 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 urban it's urban camouflage because it looks like everything else, and you're just like. Mm. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I I would argue that this thing looks even more like even, camouflage even, than the old even one. Even more dull. Yeah. Even this, more dull. Oh god. Yeah. If you look at the side, you're just like, oh, okay. I mean, this could be it. This could be any number, you know, any of twenty different, you know, small crossovers. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not. I don't know. I mean, I get you. Know, me and I'll drive it. And I'll be like, oh man, this thing is dope. Although that's probably <laughs> going to be a tough sell. Um. My big again, my big takeaway: bring back the uh, Honda Fit. Yeah, I I would agree with that. Especially especially if this doesn't have the magic seats. The magic seats were always one of the great things about this and about the HRV and the Fit. They were magic. I mean, who doesn't love magic? Magic seats. I don't remember the the magic seats and the Fit and the HRV. They the the back seats. uh, You could either flip up the bottom seat cushion. So you'd have, um, you know, that whole space behind the seats from the floor to the ceiling. So if you wanted to put taller stuff in there, like bicycles and things like that, you know, it fit great. Um, or you can just fold it all down and have a nice, long, flat load floor all the way from the rear I hatch. Mean, what everyone 
everyone's missing is that as Sam is talking, <laughs> Robbie is doing hand motions like he's either directing an airplane into the, into the jetway a... or he's telling me how this folds. That was yeah. great. I'm just giving you a visual representation of how much. Look look how far down this, the, the floor is. But then I when getcha. you have this, it kind of like that. Yeah. I get you. They had the old CRV had that too. I don't Did know the CRV, CRV have it too? Oh, okay. Like old back in the day, like our oh. old CRV, we had a CRV for a short amount of time. Someone, um, I don't know how we ended up, we just ended up with the CRV <laughs> at some point. Uh, and that was, that was, it had a, it had a uh, picnic table in the back. Oh, like, nice. Like for the wheel well, like the cover was a picnic, you could take it out and it had little arms that came down. I, and so, I, I had that version of the CRV. I think that was the year that we had it. That was a long time ago. It looked like a panda if you got the black and white one. And um, we had that car for, gosh, three, four years. And I not it wasn't until the day that we sold it that I found the, the button to open the rear that wrote the tailgate <laughs> in the car. Because I was like, where is the button to open the tailgate in this car? For, oh and I just God, gave up. Oh, my God, that's bad. And then the last day we had it, I was cleaning it out and getting Wait, it off. And getting there it, it like, is. Oh, there it is. <laughs> Because oh I was doing a good deep clean, and then I found it, and I was like, "Well, that's great, that's wonderful." Well, goodbye, CRV. <laughs> All right. Well, um, moving back to uh, EVs for a moment. Uh, you know, if you if you're going to drive an EV, you got to charge it from time to time. And um, one of the cool things, if you have a Ford F one fifty Lightning, like I have in the driveway right now, which we'll discuss next week, is uh, it has pro power on board, which you can use to charge other EVs if you want. Uh, and apparently, when they started shipping the Lightnings to customers, um, the one that I have is a pre-production unit that does not have this extra little accessory. But the customers that are getting their Lightnings are finding that in the bag with the uh, charging cable, there's also a nice little adapter that will fit a uh, into a Tesla charge port. So if you're driving along in your Lightning... Ooh. And uh, you spot uh, a Tesla sitting by the side of the road with a dead battery. You can help them out, and you can stop off and and give them some extra electrons. And you can plug right into their their proprietary Tesla charge port. It's not trolling. No, it's just it's helpful. not trolling at all. It's right. just helpful. It's just okay. Yeah, hey, yeah. Because somebody some somebody had posted about this on Twitter or somewhere, one of the Tesla forums that Ford was trolling Tesla owners, you know, by by including this this accessory. Um, and Jim Farley responded, said, "Nope, not not trolling, just being helpful. <laughs> just being helpful. We're yeah. givers. Helpful. We're givers at Ford. I yeah. mean, if if anyone has the least the least likely chance of running out of power, it's 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 Tesla owners because." The supercharger network, best network, blah 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 blah. We all know all that. That's the that's the killer app for uh, Teslas is that supercharging network. But if you're out in the middle of nowhere, you weren't paying attention. Maybe you had the air conditioning blasting for some insane reason. I don't know. And uh, some of the Ford Lightning comes by, they can give you a little extra something something. It's yeah, gonna take a while. <laughs> it's gonna take a little while. Well, I mean, you can charge it up to 9.6 kilowatts with that. Yeah. So if you're getting 9.6 for an hour. Let's see. If it's about four kilowatt. If you're doing a Model Three, they get about four miles per kilowatt. So if you do a half hour, you're gonna get like a nice 20, 16, 20 miles of range, yeah. and that'll get you where you need to go. Perfect. Hopefully. All right. Hopefully. <laughs> Sticking with chargers, um, in the uh, infrastructure bill that was passed some months back, uh, they included seven and a half billion dollars to build up more public charging infrastructure across billion the United States. Dollars. 
And uh, this week they, they issued some rules uh, for um, what's going to be required uh, for anybody that wants to get some of those billions of dollars. Um, it will slow everything down. Okay, what are our rules? <laughs> uh, to, to me, you know, there's nothing here that, you know, no? doesn't make sense. Um, you know, they're requiring um, at least 150 kilowatt chargers for DC fast charging. Um, they've got to be located within a mile of a highway. Uh, so, you know, if you're driving along, you don't want to be, you don't want to have to get off in an exit and, you know, drive around for another five or 10 miles to find the charger. So it's got to be located relatively close. Um, they've all got to be standard CCS connectors, uh, charge connectors. Um, and, um, they cannot require the user to, um, to have to log into an app you know, or sign up for any kind of account to use them. Then so how that, do they pay? Do they just randomly? There's, just like, no, they, there's credit card readers. Like a there. credit yeah. card swipey thing? So yeah, you, just yeah, like okay. use it at a gas yeah. pump. Yeah, right. they, because a couple of years ago I did an article about why people had to say, and they were like, oh, well, you know, they kept coming up with reasons why they couldn't just put uh, credit card readers on their chargers. And then they finally just, like, submit, uh, realized, oh, People don't want to sign up for 15. Yeah, I don't have to sign up for mobile Chevron Shell. You know, right? You just go to yeah, a gas station. And I just you pay. go to a gas station. I pay with my credit card. So that's yeah. That's pretty much where the charging companies are right now. Yeah. So uh, is there anything else that you would like to see them do as part of this program? I'm confused. How it has to be no more off of no more than a mile off of highways, but they want them in rural, country, and tribal communities. Doesn't that? Doesn't the rural negate the highway part? Yeah. Well, you'd be, you'd be surprised what's called a highway in this country, by the way. Uh, maybe yeah. that's it. It's the definite. <laughs> what is a highway? It's this major highway. Yeah. I'm reading in this article. I'm like, how can you be on a major highway, but yet also be rural and country? <laughs> yeah. A lot, a lot of little things go through rural and country. <gasps> I mean, it's, it's essentially where all the gas stations are. You know, and, nothing and I more think... than a mile off a highway. Like a shell station isn't like three miles from the interstate. Yeah. Oh, if you're driving across the thing. And if this is if you want the money. If yes, you don't if you want yeah. the money. You can, right, you you can put one it. anywhere. Right. Yeah. yeah. But for like let's say I build twenty of them and eighteen of them like work with this within this structure, then I get money for eighteen of them. And the other two that you I can put stick out in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, I can put it in the middle of nowhere. That makes sense. Right. And and this is I think you know, because this is five billion. There was seven and a half billion set aside in the in the infrastructure bill. Um, I think this five billion is just the portion for DC fast charging. There's another couple of billion dollars for level two charging, public level two charging, in you know particularly in underserved areas. Uh, so I think you know those can be placed you know wherever you know wherever it's convenient uh, you know or, or I'm sure they'll have some rules you know but you know trying to make sure that uh, people in more rural areas have access to at least level two charging, public charging. I mean, I, I don't know how they would do it, but I still think there needs to be something that says, hey, you know, at least 80% have to be working at all times. Well, like, actually, it says, to... I think it's uh, it's actually 97% uptime is what's required. Oh, okay. Well, there, what, yeah. what if you oh, don't? What if, if you have 90 But once you have the money and you've done it, what do they do? Take it back if your charger's always uh, working? Yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure. It's not like, clear exactly how Like, how would they do that? Like, rip that charger out, give us our money back. You are no longer working all the time. We want our money back. Like, what's the rule they, on that? They probably dole it. I, I'm, they probably don't give you all the money. They probably dole it out, like, in sections. And then they're like, okay. Over, or, like, a course or, of, like, know, maybe they, they of find years. you, you know. This it's is like, an awful lot of work to get money for a charging station. 
I'm saying because I plan, of course, you know, on opening 800 charging stations in the future. Yeah, well, I don't know. Like was... most of this stuff, they should be doing anyway. To be completely honest, I mean, yeah. if you're if you're still building fifty kilowatt charge DC fast chargers, if you're still putting those out, what's wrong right. with you? I know. Stop it. it. Yeah. There, Stop it. There should Stop. be nothing. There should be nothing less than one hundred and fifty kilowatt chargers yeah. out there. Yeah. Uh, at this point. And if you're putting less than four, and you're like, I'm just putting one in the middle of a field. Stop it. Yeah. <laughs> it's like it's like going to a gas station and having one one pump. Yeah. It's you want the well, buckies of EV charging? Is that what you just sort of walk? Just have like like a whole field worth of nothing but EV chargers, like buckies. Well, that's what that's what basically what Tesla is putting in. Where is it? Yeah, Bakersfield Everywhere. or somewhere. Uh, they're 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 doing a, a supercharger station with I think a hundred charge ports. You know, halfway between LA and Vegas. They're putting one off the highway here in right just at the border as you come into New Hampshire in a little strip mall and I counted and I think I counted 14 as I was driving by, which is a lot of Tesla superchargers right off the highway in New Hampshire. It's not like where this huge EV market is like, wow, that was a pretty big investment. Yeah. Well, we'll be, that's the thing is that people will see that. And then when they're Mm -hmm. thinking, what am I going to buy? And the Tesla superchargers are like everywhere. And they're like, well, I could get a, any other car or I can get a Tesla, which I know there's a supercharger right down the street. Yeah. Yeah. Well, if, yeah. if, te- if Tesla wants to get any of this money, they're going to have to switch over from their proprietary uh, charge connectors to uh, CCS because that, uh, that is one of the requirements. They won't do that. You know, they want – yeah. Which that's, that's, they, uh, they, they actually already do that in Europe. In, in Europe, the, it's already the, – the law CCS. is CCS. Yeah. And so they, you know, they've been using CCS on cars and on Tesla vehicles in Europe for several years now. It's just that not well, but it's still, but they still get money if it's only if it's propri- if it's only for Teslas. Um, no, it has to be open to everybody. All right. Well, there so you it, go. It, there yeah, it, it, anybody has to be able to use it without without having to log into an app. That's a lot of money. Well, yeah. I mean, if they can use that money, because it's not. It's I mean, you a, can they can charge you know they can charge for the use. They it just it can't be restricted to any particular brand, and it can't require an app. I mean, it's the, the money thing is where it comes down. Is and they, it has they would to have be to, on they would have to use the money to do the software, because that software to get that to get the Tesla to talk to every other car, I don't people don't realize that it, it's not like a gas station where you just plug yeah. it in. It's a lot of electronics and computers talking to each other. Your cars yeah. computer, and that, things computer. and a lot of times when when you if you go to a plug public EV charger and you try to charge and it doesn't work. That's oftentimes what the problem is. It's it's often a software problem. You know, something's not communicating properly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like I don't know you. They're like, yeah, who you are do, you man. in your fancy car? I don't know exactly. you. I've never seen it's, you before. It's a, yeah, it's essentially like I don't know you. You're like, yeah, you do. You met me that one time. I don't think so. And then you go to the next charger, and the next charger is like, hey, I remember we met at that one. Hey, time. buddy. Yeah, well, I, I took I took the lightning to my local EA station the other day just to see what kind of speed it would get. I plugged it in. Plug and charge worked perfectly. It you know it authenticated just immediately started charging. Ramped up to 130 kilowatts, you know, because it was already at 60 percent charge. Yeah, and it worked great, it was flawless. They're they're getting go. the EA stations are getting much are much better. That doesn't, I mean, that's not that doesn't like let them off the hook. Yeah, but for, they're still having a lot of a lot of challenges in some yeah. places. It still they, needs they to need do. everybody needs to do better. Yeah, everybody needs to do better. Do better. Do right. better. So so let's talk about something that is the opposite of an EV. Oh, that must be my turn. Yes. I can't, I can't, what, <laughs> what else did you drive this week? 
I drove, I, I want to call it the Escalade, but it's actually the Escalade V, uh, which is the Cadillac's V series. That's their performance cars. And they've started this back in, I think it was 2004. And, and the few cars that they've done as a V series, one that they've never done until now is the Escalade. So now you have the Escalade V, which is, it is, it is bonkers. It's bonkers. I, I, the amount of gas it uses, I don't know because neither the EPA nor es- um, Escalade nor Cadillac has given an estimate yet. They say it's actually not as as bad as you might think, but let's just let's. <laughs> so let's, it's not it's not quite in gallons per mile. It's yeah. It's so just to give you an give you an idea of what is a, it is a six point two liter supercharged V eight with six hundred and eighty two horsepower, six hundred and fifty three pound of torque, and a ten speed automatic, zero to sixty. 4.4 seconds, 12.74 quarter mile at 110 miles an hour. I'm expecting it to be as fuel efficient as a Prius. Yes. Um, who, who is asking for this, by the way? Who got into an Escalade and said, you know what? I want to race it. You know what? I think, ask, okay, you got to like, take your head out of, I have a Kona, I'm Robbie. Put your head into. Oh, no, no. If I want to go have, fast. Yeah. You get a, like at least a smaller SUV. The thing is, but a maybe brick. you don't want that. It's maybe, a locomotive. Maybe you want a big, big car that can drive over your Kona. Because I feel uh. like I could accidentally do that, and I'd be like, "Did I just go for a speed bump?" Um, but so it is huge. It is absolutely huge. And we drove the long wheelbase because production issues. They didn't have the standard <laughs> wheelbase in time for the drive. We had the long wheelbase. You cannot possibly drive a car bigger than this, I think, without needing a commercial license. It is gigantic. But that said, it is absolutely a hoot to drive. It the the acceleration is so strong. It is so aggressive. Um, it sounds amazing. You can actually change the uh, the way it sounds. There's a stealth mode, so your neighbors don't hate you if you start the car at like 4 a.m. for an early flight or something. Then there's a touring and a sport. You put it in sport, the exhaust does that fantastic like burble and cracking thing every time you slow down. It sounds like it sounds like it should be a tiny little sports car thing, and you're like, nope ginormous Escalade. Uh, but it sounds really, really good. The sound is uh, fantastic. And for the engineer who was horribly offended, nothing like a motorboat at all. It does not sound like a motorboat, as someone suggested. <laughs> it's, it, it has this really beautiful sound. He was talking about how they worked very hard to tune it to make it sound like a sports car, have that sporty 30 sound, but not be so harsh and aggressive because it is still a, a luxury car. Escalade's a luxury vehicle. You don't want it to sound like you're driving... I don't know, some, let's I can't think of another, like a Mustang or something. You want it to sound like an Escalade. So sounds like an Escalade, drives like nobody's business, but it is unbelievably planted. Like this is big. This is not a small vehicle. And they had us on this sort of swooping route that took us from, uh, we were in Scottsdale and we drove up to this like dam, Thomas Jefferson, somebody, I don't know, some, some famous Roosevelt Dam. I don't know, Roosevelt, Theodore Roosevelt, that's what it was, wrong guy, uh, Theodore Roosevelt Dam, we drove up there, and there's like, there's a section of highway, there's a section of little narrow roads, and there's a lot of this very swooping highway, where you're kind of swooping back and forth, and it, you know, you're going up and down this, that was an absolute joy to drive, which I did not expect, because normally in a big vehicle like this, that is powerful, that is also just so large, you get that kind of tippy side to side thing, that didn't happen. I was expecting to have to keep letting up on the gas, like scrubbing off a little speed, because I thought, oh, you're going to feel like you're going a little too wide in that corner. Nope, you can keep your foot pretty much planted on that gas pedal, and you're going to pass everybody like I'm passing by like trucks and other large SUVs that are like moving over because they can't drive that fast because they don't have the handling to do it. It truly handles like something much sportier than you would think. It's fun. It's a really fun car to drive. And it's 
got that nice, smooth Cadillac luxury car vibe. It's beautiful inside. The trims are gorgeous. Um, it's not cheap. It's so you cheap. and six of your friends can go really, really fast in a in a brick. Yeah, <laughs> six of your friends can go really, really fast in a brick. But it's like has, a barn. Or, or a barn. Like a barn. It's, yeah, it's more of a barn. So, I mean, you get like 16-way power adjustable front seats with heat. Only 16-way? Only 16-way. No. Oh, I had 30-way in the Lincoln. <laughs> There's six, heat, oh, ventilation, ah. and massage. Did it have zebra wood accents in your Lincoln? No, but like, we had walnut. Mm. Zebra wood. I don't okay. even know what zebra wood is, but I had zebra hmm. wood accents. There's a 36 speaker AKG audio system. 36 speakers. Like, seriously? So it has all of the over well, it's the top. It's so big. The people in the back so... wouldn't be able to hear if you had less exactly. than 20. <laughs> and then it has that massive 38 inch, like, curved OLED um, screen across the front. And then, like, 16, almost 16.9 inches, I think, is the infotainment section of this. So it's got this giant. Beautiful screen on the front. Um, if you get the long wheelbase that I was driving, the starting price is $152,990. Bargain. It is a bargain. But so when you talk about the fuel economy, that's going to be not what anybody wants to pay when gas is creeping up. If you're spending $152,990 on a car, you don't care. I mean, you really don't care. There's no way yeah. you were looking and going, mm, is this going to be affordable? If you're looking you know? at an Escalade and you're like, you know what? I need to go really, really fast in an Escalade. Why? I don't know. Because Why I can. Just buy a sports car. No. I want, I want to be able to also <laughs> for, take the kids the, to soccer sa- practice. For the same reason people want to be able to go from zero to 60 in two seconds in a, in a Tesla Model X. Yeah. And, you know, just for, for reference, you know, other large, very fast SUVs, the Bentley Bentayga Speed. Six liter twin turbo tar- twin turbo W twelve engine, six hundred thirty or six hundred twenty six horsepower, uh, and six hundred sixty four foot pounds of torque. What did you mm-hmm. say the zero to sixty was for the Escalade? Zero to sixty is four point four. See the That's the Bentayga Speed it. can do it in three point eight. Oh, but is the Bentayga smaller or bigger? Is it, it, it is big? smaller. I it mean, is a bit smaller. Like I think you'd have to chop off the everything behind the third row to remove the weight everything and size. Everything behind the third row, and it just whoosh is gone. For the um, Escalade, the Escalade V. No, it's the Escalade. That's Escalade. 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 Uh, so I mean, I and this is one of the. It is sort of a. It not even sort of. It is a crazy over the top vehicle. It is not something. It's going to be for everyone. It is a very limited well, number of people who are going to spend it. that kind of exactly. <laughs> but it's I love that they did it. I know you got you guys. I, want, I wonder of, if Jeep will do a, a limited run of Grand Wagoneer L's with the Hellcat uh, just be be just before they end production of the Hellcat. And the wouldn't you year. love it? Like, like, tell me the truth. You wouldn't want to spend some time driving that. You wouldn't want to know what it was like to drive that beast of a vehicle with all that horsepower. You would, Sam. You would, Rob. Yeah. You would. That doesn't make it any less ridiculous. No, yeah, I'm not even I denying mean, the ridiculous, but I am I am okay with ridiculous when the ridiculous is done in a fun, like, it, it works for the ridiculous. If you have the money, if that's what you want, this does exactly what it's supposed to be. Great, big, luxury SUV with power that will just, like, and handling that you don't expect from this. Oh, it's never going to be fun to drive. That's just a bunch of power. It's going to, like, it's going to be awful. Nope. Drives really sporty. Drives really fun. I thoroughly enjoyed my time with this vehicle. If I, I had $152,000 and I was looking for a three-row SUV, I, this would be on my list. I love it. I really liked it. I, I just wonder who the Escalade customer and the Escalade 
is that's that's who I'm thinking about. Who's going to buy this in the Escalade customer? Like the people what? who are buying Escalades right now, who is saying, oh, you know what? I bought this really big luxury vehicle so I could show off that I had a big, big luxury vehicle. Or I'm picking people up at the airport. Yes. Um, oh, I wish we had some more power. Whereas, you know like, what? when you look at but the you... BMW, like, the X7 M60 is sort of ridiculous, yes. but it's also, okay, BMW driver. But that's that's where I'm... But the guy buying the Escalade in the first place, right? You're not like, I would like a nice demure three-row SUV for porting my family no. around town. There's nothing demure you... about an Escalade. No. Correct. So you're looking for something that is, like, in your face. Like, right here, people know you bought an Escalade. They know you spent a ton of money. Even if they don't know what, you know, you don't have to know a thing about cars. You're like, that guy has an Escalade. Woo, baby. He spent some money on a car. Now you put the little V-series thing on it. Now you've made it even more expensive. Now you've made it even fancier. So if you are going to talk to your buddies and you're the guy who wants to be like, yeah, yo, bro, I bought an Escalade. Like, oh, I got the V-series because I wanted the power or whatever. It's like you're, you're, you are going to be, want to be that person. You are going to want to have the extra horsepower for the fun of it and for the bragging rights. Don't underestimate the power of bragging rights. If you're buying a slave, oh, yeah. you I'm want bragging curious. rights. You know? Did they share any any like information about their the people who are buying the Escalade? They did. Oh, I wish I could find the slide. They did have information and the people who are buying it, it was part of their thing and it was it was a it had a lot of detail and I'll see if I can find the slide. But they talked about prestige is literally one of the reasons. Like some people buy a buy an expensive SUV because they just they want it. Like, I don't care yeah. what my neighbor thinks. The person who's buying an Escalade is someone who's buying it for the prestige. They're, they they like that. They want to be noticed. They want people to see sort of that they have arrived. So what does that better than not only do you have an Escalade, you have an Escalade that you With can hear four blocks. Yeah, you can hear it four blocks away. Like, your neighbors are like, wait. Robbie's home. Yep, that's him coming around the corner. Like, you can hear this. So that's, like, added. But it does have the quiet mode, too. So if you don't want to disturb your neighbors. It does. It has the stealth mode to, to tone things down. And then it has a tour mode and a sport mode. And I would put it in stealth mode for the two minutes it took me to get out of my neighborhood and then immediately push the sport mode because it sounds just glorious. It does. And and that is the, the, the main thing that I will miss as we make the transition to electrification. Is- I know. It's the sound of great engines. I like that, yeah, the burble and pop, pop of the exhaust, pop, that pop, pop burbly thing. Oh, I'm gonna miss that. I do like that. I like EVs. I'm not anti EV at all, but I'm also not anti redonkulous Escalative. I love Escalative. this car. I like the Escalative. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just sad because that's coming and then they're gonna, you know, the CT5V Blackwing, you know, they sold like seven of them. Right. Yeah. <laughs> that's what makes me I know. sad. It's a, it's, I know. it's a shame. That's a fun, I've, got one, fun. I've got one of those coming next month. Uh, oh, do you? Yeah, I've, I've got both the CT4 Blackwing and the five. Ooh, back to back. Oh, yeah, back same time. Are fancy? Oh, well, now you got to hit up. Uh, get the Escalative. Yeah, Escalative. Yeah. Do all I like the, the things. Escalative. I really like the Escalative. Escalative. Wow. Yeah, I, was, I, was, I was looking up the uh, the Rolls Royce uh, Coulinon, and that one is only like five hundred and something horsepower. Yes. Uh, yeah. Yeah, but that's definitely nah. like a train. That thing is just like it, like nothing. Like you could run over a house. You could literally run over my <laughs> Kona with it and wouldn't feel a thing in the in, in the driver's <laughs> <everything. laughs> It's just like floating over the ground. Things get a. Out of the way. They need to put like a cattle guard in front, so it just pushes everything out of the way. But mm-hmm. it wouldn't need it if they, something got under it. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Just gonna go right by it. Boom, boom. Yeah. <laughs> 
All right. Uh, let's see. So that is the Escalative. Uh, for that's a 2023. You're gonna model. kill me. <laughs> that's a 2023. Yes. Okay. It shouldn't kill you. You loved it. I did love it, but I've renamed it. I mean. <laughs> All right. Um, What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat. Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket. Outsourcing business tasks you hate. What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun... Yeah, you get it every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. We, we only have a couple of uh, listener questions this week. Uh, everybody's being lazy. Um, oh, and, and actually only one is a question. One is more of a comment. Um, Adam J. posted on Twitter, um, a, uh, he took a photo of a window sticker on an F-150. Um, the F-150, uh, MSRP is $69,554. Um, and this is not a lightning. This is just a regular gas. Regular F-150. old F-150. Okay. Um, the, uh, market adjustment on here is also $69,554. So a 100% markup on this. Good $140,000. I'm trying to read the comments. Oh, wait, sorry. This, he, this, is, this is a lightning. Yes. Okay. Did he talk to the dealership at all? I'm really curious what the dealership would say. If you're like, seriously, you're seriously doubling the price of this car and what they would say. Like, I just want to walk in and put some, like, put them on the spot. What the, do you- the, the argument that I have heard um, from someone at Ford about this, you know, they, they are actively trying to discourage their dealers from doing it. Right. But the problem is, you know, with, with vehicles like this that are in such high demand, right now there are also a lot of scalpers out there that are going out and buying these things and turning right around and you know they're taking the profit on it. they're you know they're selling it for more than they paid for it and so you know so <laughs> scalp the scalpers is that the idea basically well, yeah. scalp it first at least at least you know take take some of that uh some of someone's going to rip you off themselves. it should they're be just a giant taking the company money. yeah, yeah. If someone's gonna rip you off, it's gonna. It's like a ticket master. It's like you know what we think these. Even though the the, the tickets are a hundred bucks, we think someone else is gonna buy them and turn around some for three hundred. So you know what? F you. They're three hundred dollars now. <laughs> that's Screw the you. We're taking that's, that money. That's the excuse. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. The money's yeah. ours. Ours. All ours. Although for for what it's worth, that extra seventy thousand dollars is not going to Ford. That's going into the pocket of the owner of the dealership. So yeah. So it's, you know, might, might be a local business person, you know, so right. you're supporting your local community. 
I, yeah, it's definitely not I Ford but, who's taking yeah. that little chunk of change. Yeah, what, what, whatever, whatever the, you do, you know, don't pay a dealer markup. Yeah, just go somewhere else. Find another dealer. Well, yeah, this is 100%. why, you know. Wow. The Jim, you know, Jim Farley did that whole thing talking about how um, they want to go to online, non-negotiable, negotiable. Negotiable? Uh, <laughs> negotiable. <laughs> negotiable sale, uh, numbers, you know, price, sales price. So if, you, if the car is $70,000, you pay $70,000, but you go to the dealership and you get it. And the dealership gets their $800,000 or whatever money they get um, whenever they sell a car. As opposed to it's seventy thousand dollars, and then it shows up at the dealership, and now it's apparently one hundred and forty thousand dollars. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, I mean, the, the, the challenge you get, you know, is that you know they might turn around and they might sell it to somebody, and then turn around, uh, you know, that that person might turn around and either sell it to somebody else or go trade it into another dealership, you know, for a higher price, you know, and then that they sell it used for you know an even an even higher price. Which is, you know, it, it's an unfortunate byproduct of, of a situation when we've got more demand than supply. So um, you could go buy an F-150 Lightning for a hundred and, what was that, $140,000 and you drive it off the lot and you put it on, I don't know, whatever source you use to sell it. Or cars bring a trailer or cars or $175,000 and someone pays that. So you just made $25,000 for buying a car and driving it to your driveway. That's the same excuse like if you buy a Pokemon card at Target for $5 and you turn around and sell it for $100. So Target should raise the price of Pokemon cards to $100. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, 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 the logic is really flawed because you're, you're saying, it, well, someone else is going to do this. So we might as well like, yeah, screw no. we might as well screw everyone <laughs> because there's no way you can get this vehicle for less than this yeah. as opposed to the 12 people who will buy it. Maybe two of them will sell it. The, the, I mean, kind of the That's only true. way around this is you know if you do what they did with the Ford GT, which is you know as part of the purchase oh, agreement, right. you agree that you you're not, you're not allowed to sell this for two years. And no one's going to do that because no like the, that. the person yeah. buying a Ford GT is like that's sort of an exclusive luxury customer that has that's different. Yeah. If you're buying a truck, you might you're just a regular you're a regular guy like you don't know what you're financial world yeah. situation is going to be. It might not be like you're trying to make a buck. It might just literally be like, oh, things have gone sideways. I need to sell my car. And now you can't, you yeah. know, no, you can't, that's, and that's not, again, the, the amount I, I'm the percentage of people who are like flipping trucks after they buy at a dealership is far lower than the percentage of people who just mm-hmm. want that truck. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, that's the thing is that you're, 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 you're screwing over everyone because yeah. five people, and if those people want to buy something and turn around and sell it, it's the same thing on the you know the gray market with everything that gets sold. It's a collector's item. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you set the precedent that oh you know what it's just going to be this much for everyone, that's messed up. Yeah, yeah. that's tough. <clears throat> so don't pay a markup if you don't if pay you a markup, people. Don't do that. Don't, don't, Avoid don't, it. All right. Don't let them so, use crazy crazy dealer logic. By the way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so last question is from uh, Paul Cavanaugh. <laughs> Um, how come Sam and Roberto never talk about pie? I, I spent like three days tweeting almost exclusively about pie. There's okay, a whole you guys, Twitter thread about pie. You guys don't talk nearly as much about pie as I talk about pie. A pie is like, pie is, pie is life. I mean, I have a pie club. We literally go and we find pie in random cities and we go, it's like, Hey guys, I found pie at XYZ pie shop in whatever city I'm in. I pie. I talk about pie a lot. I steal pie for not steal. I I sneak pie all the way from California back to New Hampshire. I randomly get pie everywhere. I now get pie recommendations from random people on Twitter, and it warms 
my cold dead heart. I'm like, oh, someone knew I was here and recommended a pie shop. I because you you just you need to embrace the pie life. You, you just get pie everywhere you go. It will make you happy. Chocolate cream, berries, well, whatever. Kind I mean, of pie. not. I mean, clearly not as much as you. I but love I did pie. A, there's a. 12- I, I love to eat pie. <laughs> I'm not um, talking about pies. You know, it's just not something that I traditionally do a whole lot. But what what I, what I will recommend, you know, is if you are in Detroit, um, my <gasps> Give wife me a pie and I, recommendation. Um, I'm going to be. I have to do a drive where I'm going to be doing this random drive right. with Eileen, and we're gonna we're gonna stop at places. And I was looking for pasties and pie. Okay. Um, well, there 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 used to be a, a really good. Uh, pie maker here in in Ypsilanti where I live. Uh, unfortunately, she moved to Portland, um, Oregon. So other other Portland, that not, the, help not the one me. near you. I know no, the one near it, me is road trippable. Yeah, it, it, <laughs> no, it, does, it doesn't help you. Um, but um, if if you want something a little bit different, um, there's a fantastic new patisserie in Detroit called Warda Patisserie. Um, it, it's uh, it's in Midtown Detroit, and if you like pastries, if you like I quiche, do. which is sort of like a pie. Okay, it's pie-like, um, pie-adjacent. She, she makes this amazing quiche that is like custard. The texture is like custard. It is okay, incredible. We, we are doing, we are arriving very early one day, uh, like for this drive for the Ford Bronco Everglades, actually. And we're arriving quite early and driving up to some Driving swampy. up, is this the one to Drummond Island? Yes, to Drummond Island. And yeah. we're driving up there and we're going to ping, 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 ping all the way up and stop at... Pie shops, pastries, coffee, pasties, um, and so whatever else. If, we found if you're, a taxidermy are, museum. Is your route going to take you near Traverse City? We haven't. I don't know if we're going. I don't know. We have not mapped so, it out yet. So we're you should go to Traverse City Pie Company. Uh, yeah. The pie is great there. Um, and, you know, there's all kind, especially once you get, like, north of Bay City area, Saginaw area. Um, you know, there's lots of places where you can get great pasties. Pasties. See, everybody, everybody listening who's like a Detroit person or a Michigan person, you got to tell me where I should be driving. Tell me where I should be stopping. Tweet me. I'll, I'll, yeah. We will make a giant list and we will have all the tasty treats on our way up to drive in a swamp. <laughs> Excellent. All right. Uh, I, any I, more thoughts I, on pie, Robbie? I, I, I am team pie. I, like, I don't really like cake all that much. I, I like pie. So there's that. And I am tweeting at Paul Kavanaugh. Uh, my twelve, uh, my twelve tweet uh, thread about pie. <laughs> when I'm, I'm I had searching. To, when I got I, the Julian Pie Company, I, I just tweeted it. It's at the top of my feed now. Uh, where I got the Julian Pie Company, I got a pie, and then I just had to do a bunch of things <laughs> with this pie. Okay. In order to get it home. There I, you but go. see, your home is still California. My home is New Hampshire. When I take a pie home from Julian, I commit. Yeah, but I had to take it. I had it. I picked it up on one, uh, one, one, uh, one drive drive program, and then went to another drive program with the pie. Okay. <laughs> I just okay. drove around with pie. It was the Kia, no, the Hyundai drive program, the Ionic Five. Yes, I bought one and with then, that and brought it home. And then right after that, I went on the Mercedes drive program. By the time I got home, it had been in nine vehicles. <laughs> I see it. Pie thread. Oh, no, wait. Eight vehicles. Pie vehicle eight. <laughs> see? Okay. Then, Did you, but, oh, wait, you ate it with a fork and knife? And it's like a metal fork and knife? I mean, if you're really committed, you're like chopping at that thing with like the stir that's in the hotel room for the coffee and finding what I stole. <laughs> I stole. I stole things so I could eat it in my room. So what? what is your favorite kind of pie? Me? Who, me? Yeah. Both of you. <laughs> 
I don't know, pie. No, my okay. My favorite kind of pie. They have a pie that is in fact from Julian Pie Company, and it's like mountain berry. I think is what they call it. It's like raspberry, blackberry. It's like three or four different kinds of berries in it. That is my absolute favorite. You warm up a slice while you're there, and they put ice cream on top of it, and it gets melty. Mm-hmm. And then you take a whole pie home for yourself for later. Is that the one I bought? I <laughs> boys and I got the boys and apple crumb. That's what. I'm no, like. that's I was... different. This is literally like mountain berry. I think is what they call. It, but it's like three or four different kinds of berry. It's the kind of thing if you get it on your clothes, just throw the shirt away. It's never coming oh. out. <laughs> or just suck on the. You just suck all the juice out of your shirt, then throw it away. Then throw it away. I mean, don't waste good pie. Come on. <laughs> um, I, I I am quite fond of um, a great uh, strawberry uh, rhubarb pie. That Ooh. that is something that I have not had in far too long. I um, brought that home from. That was the last pie I brought home from Julian. Uh, strawberry rhubarb. Favorite, yeah, my husband's favorite is strawberry rhubarb, and he. I like strawberry rhubarb, but he's like an aficionado okay. of that particular combination. Mm-hmm. He rated it quite highly, just so you know. We used yeah. to we used to grow rhubarb in our backyard in our, our previous house, but uh, we haven't had any for a while, so I might have to find some. Um, but I, I also love like a, a great pecan pie. Or, oh, yeah, I love uh, Yeah, just a, just a classic apple pie is great, too. Pumpkin pie. My husband makes pumpkin, a really good homemade pumpkin, pumpkin pie, yeah. like with real pumpkin at Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. It's good stuff. Right. Now we've all talked about pie, Paul. <laughs> <All right. laughs> Welcome to the pie show. And, and, I, and I, I, uh, I tweeted a link uh, to Warda Patisserie in the uh, in Twitter uh, from the Wheelbearings account. So there we go. Now <laughs> people who are not, not people I'll put are, that like, in the show notes as well. People are completely confused because yeah, they're like, not. Why? They don't hear this show right now. They're just why like, is why there is pie? <laughs> why? Why are what's... they talking about pie? Because there, Nicole. That's why. Was there a pivot? <laughs> a pie pivot? <laughs> it's now now officially a pie show. Yeah. Pie show. So the wheel bearings were pie plates. Yeah. Welcome. <laughs> pie. All right. Um, one uh, last thing. Um, we'll say goodbye now, but um, I've got an interview that I did when I was in Texas uh, for the Toyota Palooza, uh, this time with Cooper Erickson, uh, who is the head of product planning at Toyota North America. Uh, and we, we talked about, uh, I asked him about some of the questions we've had about, you know, the slow charging uh, and stuff on the uh, BZ4X. Uh, so he had some response in there. And so give that a listen. And uh, we'll talk to you next time. Bye. Bye, everyone. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's talk uh, Toyota electrification. Let's do it. Toyota, I guess Toyota and Lexus, too. Okay. Um, so... Uh, First, I guess first question is the BZ on sale yet, or is that yes? Okay, um, how's the how's the response been so far to the BZ4X? It's been great. Uh, dealers have told us their the inventory they have exposure to is, is sold out. Um, they have many customers coming in wanting to check it out. Um, so I would, I would say very early, um, and availability is very tight. Uh, but but so far so good. Um, I'm I'm curious, you know, uh, what how, what kind of feedback have you gotten from customers uh, that are looking at the BZ4X compared to you know there's a number of competitors out there in the marketplace now you know, that are similar size mm-hmm. um, you know in a similar price range mm-hmm. have have you gotten feedback from customers um, what they think you know about things like the range mm-hmm. um, the um, the charging rates, things like that. 
Yeah, the cu- it's pretty early for customer feedback. There's not a lot in customers' hands yet, but we've got lots of feedback from you know media, journalists, and, and some customers. And uh, it's it's really pretty simple. Um, uh, people love the driving dynamics. Um, they love the the SUV functionality in interior space. Uh, they love the intuitive nature of the controls and uh, technology. You don't need to learn how to drive the vehicle. It's it's very intuitive. Um, the, the, the ground clearance um, is, is something that is very uh, uh, SUV, you know, normal. Um, most EVs hit a little bit lower, so people say it has really good off-road, um, you know, mild off-road, uh-huh. more like a Rav4. Yeah, yeah, within within yeah. reason. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> it's not going to go or it's not going to follow a Wrangler into the no, no, trails. No, no, no. Wouldn't suggest that. But for EVs, yeah, um, that and that was something that, frankly, I was surprised to hear from the reviews, but. That there was a lot of comments about, hey, this is this is good, you know, for it's you know, surprisingly for, 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 for a unibody uh, EV, uh-huh. it's it's very competitive. It has the most ground clearance, I think, of any of them that they mentioned. So all of those things are the positives, and then you know some of the uh, things we've heard from customers is the range doesn't meet my expectation, and that's completely understandable. Um, the reality is, you know, there's different ways to look at range. And we are really focusing on the best utilization of battery resources. We can only build so many batteries. We can only have so many raw materials to build batteries. And we're dividing those raw raw materials up between hybrid batteries and plug-in hybrid batteries and, and, and now battery electric vehicle batteries. And so the average person commutes 24 miles a day. You put a battery in their vehicle to let them go three or four hundred miles. That weight and that cost and that resource is not the best use. Mm-hmm. We also know that you know 90s high 90 percentile of consumers that are currently buying EVs, it's a second, third, or fourth car in their family. So they're they're not relying on that vehicle for for long trip, you know, family vacations, things like that. So there are. You know, range anxiety is, is real, um, and and so we, we recognize that. So we're trying to strike this balance, uh, but we feel it's going to meet um, a lot of customers' needs. Um, it's it's a good value proposition for consumers. Uh, starting price is what forty two thousand something. Um, so it's it's a really good value proposition, and that's affordability is going to be key. Um, but customers would want more range, but we're just trying to balance the resources there and, and, and give the customers, most of the customers, what they want. There's some that, that's fine. Go buy a car with more range if that's, if that's what you need. Uh, charging times are a little bit different uh, with the all-wheel drive and the, and the front-wheel drive. Um, uh, you know, 90 kilowatt hours uh, versus, I think, 150 kilowatt hours of charge rate. Um, so we, we've heard some of that feedback. The, uh, the onboard uh, DC charger is like 6.6 kilowatts of power. And so, you know, that, that's something we need. The AC charger? Yeah, the AC charger. So, well, it's the AC to DC converter, right? Yeah. Yeah. So we've heard that from consumers. Our design intent and the use of this vehicle was 
you bring it home and it charges overnight and right. you have it. So that was the, the thinking of, of optimal use case is you bring it home and charge it. And, and for early adopters, you know, who are m- much more likely to have, you know, single family home with off street parking, that's probably fine for them. Yeah. So we, we know that's an area. So when it comes to everything the customers have, have said they, they want more of, mm-hmm. maybe more, more range, quicker charging, um, all of those things, we are, we are taking and we are evaluating and we will continue to figure out how to meet more and more customers' needs as we need to expand and we were able to expand our, our bed volume. So it's all great feedback we're getting from customers. I think um, you know one thing I've heard from listeners to uh, to my wheel bearings podcast. Uh, a number of people have written in asking, you know, in particular, um, the all wheel drive version with the CATL battery, mm-hmm. uh, which has the lower fast charging rate, mm-hmm. you know, 100 kilowatts versus 150 for the mm-hmm. front drive version. You know, if you think about, you know, consumers that live in more northern climes probably more likely to want to go for an all-wheel drive version mm-hmm. you know, with colder weather. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and you know, you're starting off with a, low, a slower nominal charge rate, mm-hmm. um, and, and then when it gets cold, that tends to get even worse mm-hmm. when it, in cold, mm-hmm. cold temperatures. You know, it's just the, the nature of you know, the mm-hmm. physics of batteries. Mm-hmm. Is there anything that you can uh, offer as to why... That setup has such a you know one third lower maximum charge rate. You know it has to do with the the battery design and the chemistry, um, and you know we're really we're really challenged from a battery global supply chain standpoint. So you know the, there, there's not a product reason for why one has one battery and one has another. It's really the maximum available production that we yeah. can get from different different sources, yeah. and just trying to optimize that um, for our product lineup. So um, that's uh, it, it's really supply chain and just just getting the battery capacity and or the volume, not, not not capacity from a range or charging, but capacity from a production volume capacity. Yeah, and it, you mentioned earlier um, the uh, you know the the way most people actually use their vehicles as opposed to what they buy. And I think, you know, we can all agree that um, consumers, automotive consumers are not necessarily entirely rational mm-hmm. in their buying decisions uh, much of the time, you know, mm-hmm. which would explain why so many people drive around with just one person in a large SUV. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, you know, the same applies to, to EVs, mm-hmm. obviously. You know, people... Um, you know, they, they may think that they want to take road trips all the time or you know, or maybe they even do mm-hmm. uh, do it on a regular basis, but the reality is most of the time they're driving 25, 30, 35 miles a day. Mm-hmm. Um, and they could probably easily get by. I mean, certainly I think anything over 200 miles of range on an EV mm-hmm. is probably more than sufficient for 90-plus percent of consumers. Mm-hmm. Is there... Anything that you can do, or is there anything that you know maybe Toyota might try to do to help educate consumers more about you know about some of these issues? You know, of, you know, you're carrying around all this extra battery that you're not using most of the time. You know, to you know maybe try to steer people towards a little more rational 
buying decision that you know you can you can get by with 220 miles or 240 mm-hmm. miles and you know if you want to take that trip to the Grand Canyon or you know even to you know visit the grandparents whatever you know maybe you know you rent a vehicle for that trip instead of taking the, the EV uh, is that something that Toyota is thinking about or well see, consumer education is a is a tricky business um, you know it's it's kind of interesting. For the first 15 years of selling hybrids, the biggest rejection reason was, I don't want to plug it in. And you never had to plug in a hybrid. Yeah. It was just a, just the perception, oh, it's electric, you got to plug it in. So we spent all this money telling people you don't need to plug in your hybrid. And then we come out with a plug-in Prius hybrid. And now we're telling them, you got to plug it in. And I, I from a consumer, <laughs> wait, wait, what? And, a little bit of whiplash there. <laughs> yeah. And, and so... The bottom line is it takes time for consumers to learn things and talk to each other, and it's cocktail parties. Mm-hmm. So I think we're seeing that right now in the industry. So I don't know if there's any magic bullet from a marketing standpoint. You know, what we're trying to do is, is make their lives uh, seamless and show them they can do it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we have, you know, partnerships for out-of-home charging where it's free for the first year, right? We have... We have partnerships for in-home charging. We, we want the charging experience to be seamless. You know, uh, a one-app application for charging locations. So we're, we're doing what we can to try to make it a seamless experience. And, you know, we're, our retail partners, we're working with them, uh, you know, Lexus and Toyota, to come up with ways to possibly have, uh, use our, our existing loaner fleets mm-hmm. to satisfy that that need of I need to go you know on a trip. So we're we're looking into doing some things like that, and I anticipate we probably will one of these days um, to to satisfy those needs. So beyond beyond the c- consumer just experiencing this and then having a favorable um, opinion about it, um, there's not a lot we can do from a marketing standpoint. I mean, I, I don't think it's okay. Is you're flushing money down the drain. Right. Um, it's just going to take time for consumers to to learn and grow comfortable with it. And and frankly, you know, I'm not in the business of predicting, but um, there will be a day when uh, when I don't think range anxiety is going to be the biggest issue. I think affordability is going to be the biggest issue. And I think consumers will make decisions on. Uh, oh, there's a 150 mile that I can get for this price, and a 500 mile I can get for that price. I can't afford the 500, or I'll, I'll, you know, I'm going to get the 150 because that works for me. Um, right now, it's a race to who can have the most range because they're trying to overcome range anxiety. But I think once consumers get used to driving an EV, they're going to realize what you're talking about, where you, you know, 25 miles a day, I'm pretty much fine, and the affordability is going to be an issue. Yeah. Definitely going to be an issue. Well, it, it's, it, it I'd say it's already an issue now. Yeah, yeah I, I equate it to you know old school maybe engine size and horsepower. Uh-huh. Well, everybody might want the 600 horsepower V8, but you're on a Corolla budget, so you're not getting a 600 horsepower V8. You're getting a 120 horsepower four cylinder. It'll last for the next hundred years, so uh-huh. that's great. But it ain't that. Right. So it's consumers making decisions on what they can afford, and so. Um, yeah, EVs are a lot more expensive right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so in order to get to mass adoption, we got to figure out as an industry how to sell a, a Corolla-priced car, a Camry-priced car, a RAV4-priced car. That's an EV with acceptable range. Mm-hmm. And you know, certainly, uh, you know, I, I 
don't disagree that you know hybrids I think are you know a great solution for a lot of people you know especially you know if they're looking at smaller vehicles either you know cars or smaller crossovers mm-hmm. um, you know when when you start looking at the actual energy use mm-hmm. um, you know hybrids absolutely make it a ton of sense mm-hmm. um, you know because as as you get more and more efficient the incremental reductions in energy use mm-hmm. from every additional mile per gallon or mm-hmm. mile of EV range um, goes down, yeah. and uh, so the the you know the real benefits you know to to all this stuff is at the low end of the you know the low end of the efficiency range. Yeah. Um, so you know driving you know a Corolla hybrid mm-hmm. um, you know or a Rav4 hybrid mm-hmm. you know is not. You know, in real terms, is actually probably not that much different from driving a BZ4X. Yeah. Well, actually, um, it's TRI, I believe. They, they actually have a website, um, GHG Track or something. Um, we can get that. Okay. You know that. You know the one I'm talking about, right? Yeah. So you can put in your vehicle and where you live, and it shows your emissions, right? And, and the reality is, um, the power grid. Mm-hmm. Some parts yeah, of the country are greener than others, and in in uh, and that this indicates that a battery electric pure EV um, versus a hybrid. Mm-hmm. If you live in an area that has a green grid, of course the, the battery electric is a little bit better, but not dramatically. Mm-hmm. It's a little bit better. But if you live in an area with a non-green grid, then they're pretty equal, and in some cases the hybrid may actually be better. Um, our hybrids are super efficient, of course. So, yeah, you're right. The, the, the difference in actual greenhouse gas emissions is pretty close, depending on where you're at. Yeah. So, um, going back to, to batteries, um, you know, and this applies you know, across the, the range, um, you know, everybody is experiencing supply constraints with batteries. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, part of that is you know, the materials going into the batteries. Uh, some comp- some OEMs are um, actively getting involved, you know, investing in the, the material production. Mm-hmm. Um, is that something that you see Toyota uh, likely pursue? I mean, you've, you've started mm-hmm. you know investing in the battery in the cell production. You know, you've got the mm-hmm. plant coming online in Greensburg. Mm-hmm. You've had a long term joint venture with Panasonic for your hybrid batteries. Mm-hmm. Do you see Toyota expanding further down the supply chain? Mm-hmm. To those materials, and you know, either the extraction or maybe on the recycling side. Mm. Well, um, there's parts of the supply chain that I'm not really versed in, um, so I'll give you what I know. Um, we have many partnerships. Mm-hmm. You know, it's BYD and Panasonic and and another uh, um, Toyota. Tetsuro partnership. We, there's about one, two, three, four, five, about seven or eight different companies and partnerships that we have for battery supply. Mm-hmm. And we, for a couple of decades, have been the biggest manufacturer of automotive batteries. Right? We, we build more batteries than anybody. Um, we've been the, the volume leader in electrified vehicles for 22 straight years. So this is not new, new for us. And, and the reality is batteries are very diverse. There, there's a role and a place for nickel metal hydride batteries. You know, we've got new bipolar nickel metal hydride batteries with higher energy density. 
there's a role for, for lithium ion, and there's different forms of lithium ion, and you know there's going to be a role someday for solid state batteries. So that batteries are not a one size fits all. Um, so I am sure that we have that we're pretty deep into the supply chain on that, but I, I can't tell you for certain what that looks like. On the recycling side, yeah, we have a, a group here at our headquarters working on uh, you know reuse. Um, of, of batteries, so we, we again, our goal for carbon neutrality is not the emissions of the vehicle. Our goal for carbon neutrality is the entire acquisition of raw materials, the assembly, the manufacturing, cradle to grave. And at the grave part, you know, when a, when a, right now there's not a really efficient way to recycle lithium ion. So at the at the end of this this life, what do we do? Well, let's reuse some of these to you know, in home power wall, whatever you want to do. Um, we're going to then figure out how to recycle, you know, these things. Um, so we're we're setting up programs and working with partners to pull that off. That's going to be more and more important as the industry volume on on BEVs ramps up. Um, so we're we're active in that space. I just don't know how deep down the supply chain we go. Um, and obviously, there's millions of uh, what is it about 15 million. Toyota hybrid vehicles that have been sold to date. Oh, I bet we're 20 million now. We were 18.1 million at the end of 2020, I believe. So we're okay, we're, so we're probably well over 20. Let's say 20 20 million. And it's accelerating rapidly. I mean, yeah. in a couple of years, hybrids are going to be 40, 50 percent of our total volume, and we're we're flipping vehicles over to 100 percent hybrid pretty quick. The UX we just flipped over, the Sienna we just flipped over in the last year, 100 percent. The Sequoia is 100 percent. So it's it's mainstream, uh, so it, it's excel- the, the numbers are accelerating rapidly. So, um, with all these hybrids on the road, you know, and you know, some of them have been on the road for a long time. Um, are as part of the business, are you looking at um, you know, recovering those batteries? Um, you know, when they reach the end of their useful life in the vehicle, they still may have some useful life for other applications, is that something that you're pursuing? Yeah, that, that's the uh, reuse that portion of the end of life, yeah. So we're, I, I, I can't tell you, I know there's activity there, I can't tell you specifically what is happening. We've done lots of pilots throughout the years, we've partnered with Yellowstone Park and mm-hmm. used some of the batteries to provide um, storage for, you know, and solar energy storage for certain parts of the park that are off the grid. Um, so there's things like that going on, uh, but I don't know exactly where we're at right now with that. Okay. If you um, wanted to dive into that, I could have. If you want to dive into the battery deal, we could set up probably a different interview with mm-hmm. James George or Chris Yang or somebody. To yep. that. Okay. Uh, just this morning, um, there was a release that came out of Toyota in Japan. Um, on they're, they're going to start selling a home energy storage, you know, a home energy battery. Um, mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know. That sounds like you. I haven't seen that. that. Thank you. Okay. No. Well, I was, I was going to ask if that's if that's a product that's going to be available here in, in North America. Uh, didn't didn't really give any indication in the release that I saw. I think it's it's a good idea. Yeah. Um, but I have not I've not seen that yet. Okay. Yeah, we're we're working on um, focus has been um, seamless ownership experience for the customer in their house. You know, level two charger, um, but. We're doing a lot of work to try to figure out how to connect, you know, those customers with a green grid and how to store energy at their house. So that, that's all probably part of the mix. I wasn't aware of of that announcement yesterday, um, but it would make sense. And 
I think it'd be great to consider selling in the U.S. What about um, bi-directional charging? Is that something that uh, Toyota is developing and we're likely to see in future plug-in vehicles? Yeah, so when we, uh, that's part of the battery utilization. Mm-hmm. You know, the ability to go both ways allows you to manage your energy costs and, and it, it makes sense. Uh, so yeah, I would say when it comes to setting up the, the engineering parameters for future products, that's something that's on the table. Um, you know, building a car is the art of compromise, mm-hmm. right? Oh yeah, no, I know. No, no car has everything. And so we have to weigh the, um, the, the, the cost and the consumer benefit, how many consumers will, will need it. We don't want to charge, you know, 100% of the customers for something when, when 1% of the customers use it. So we're going through all of those things. But that is a feature that we feel is going to serve a role and that we'll, we want to deliver on. Okay. Um, any any final thoughts about uh, kind of Toyota's overall strategy uh, when it comes to electrification um, that we haven't talked about? Our goal is not electrification. Our goal is carbon neutrality. Our goal is the elimination of greenhouse gas. And we think the fastest path to that, that goal is the best path. So um, if the fastest path turns out to be battery electric vehicles, let's go. Mm-hmm. Right now, there's too many hurdles uh, for us to really say that. So we have a portfolio approach. We think that's best for reducing greenhouse gas the, the quickest. A combination of hybrid, plug-in hybrids, battery electric vehicles, fuel cell vehicles. Um, we think the portfolio approach is the quickest path to carbon neutrality. Okay. Great. Thank you, Cooper. Thanks, sir. Good to talk to you. Yeah. Thanks, Sam. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.